Welcome to the CSRG Podcast. I'm Keanu. And I'm Chris. And this is episode 24 of the CSRG Podcast. We've done this... Way too long. 24 times, which is pretty impressive for this year, actually. Almost half a year. Yeah, we we started, what, April, March? Somewhere around there? I don't know. Yeah, so I think it, it tracks. We've kept up pretty well with it. But um, speaking of how long we've been doing this, so you know, we're actually hitting the off-season for Northern Virginia. Um, but as we've discussed in multiple podcasts before, there's no true off-season here um, because we still have a lot of matches running. But um, for this particular episode, we're going to talk about the off-season. Um, for me in particular, I will be taking an off-season probably from November until February of next year. Ken, I don't know if you're planning on really stopping, but... Yeah, I'm taking a break from Limited, but I'm not really taking a break from shooting. Gotcha. Yeah, so I'm probably not going to... Although, Call of Duty is out, and I have been Yo. playing it. It's like, it's was it image training, right, on what, what your sight picture should look like? So, I have been playing, like, I played campaign probably with 80% with a handgun. Oh, yeah, dude. That's what's up. That's a good way to play the game. <laughs> a USPSA pretty hard yeah. in Call of Duty. <laughs> it's like when I airsoft, you know, it's just, it's indoors CQB with a 2011 with my Alpha X and my Race Masters. So, um, but probably for me, I'm probably not going to live fire at all um, from November until February. Um, but I will still be doing a lot of dry fire. I'm probably going to be rethinking the way I'm setting up my equipment for the next year. Um, but yeah, so I guess I just want to take this episode to talk about what our plans are for the offseason. Um, the things that we hope to work on, the things that we hope to do and accomplish um, while it gets a little bit colder. Um, and, you know, some of the matches die down because not all of our matches are going to run year round. But luckily, Shadowhawk, I believe they do run their matches into December and January. Um, I'm trying to think who else runs them locally. Um, we still have a bunch of indoor matches, so the Machine Gun Nest, Keanu runs. That's going to be running probably every three weeks or three weeks out of the month. It depends um, on the scheduling, yeah. Yeah, NRA is probably going to continue running throughout uh, as long as weather permits for people to get to the match. And then um, Anna Rundle, I think they do take an off season, right? Yeah, Shadowhawk I don't think does. Yeah, I, they're probably going to be the Lane only... Lane runs matches all year round outdoors. Yeah, plus two gun... Three gun, or I guess they haven't done three. We gun don't talk yet, about but, these things here. Um, yeah, but but they're going to be running matches, and they're probably going to be one of the few outdoor clubs that are going to brave it through the winter. Um, other than if you travel further south into uh, Sir Walter, I'm pretty sure they probably run year round. Um, but yeah, so jumping into off season, I mean, Keanu, you're going to take a break from limited, so you're probably just going to be shooting your Breda most, mostly. Yep. Just in production, are you going to shoot limited minor like an idiot again? Or well, I'm registered for. <laughs> I was going to shoot for production at Fredericksburg, and then my roommate says, shoot L10 or you got no balls. And obviously, I had to shoot L10. Oh, then you got to shoot L10. So I shot L10. Out. So so I'm registered for L10 for this weekend. But yeah, like it'll be it'll be low-cap crap. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I think we talked about it before, what, what we're really looking for while shooting low-cap. For you, it's really just for fun, right? I mean, there's probably nothing you really gain from shooting low cap other than possibly stage planning but it's like like a little bit of stage plan- planning a little bit of gun handling and like a little bit better focus on accuracy uh-huh. but i think like the difference between the 2011 and the berettas big enough that um the the benefits like the benefits are still there subconsciously like in terms of aiming and sight patience and all that stuff right but then kind of rehandling a different gun is kind of its own curve yeah, and, you know, I guess just hold 9mm. But, th- again, this is, you know, we talked about this in the last podcast, you know, whether there's actually going to be a substantial gain from just shooting live ammo, right? Whether it's going to be through the Beretta with 9mm versus your limited guns um, with 40. So I think that'll be a, an interesting thing to look at 
um, once the season starts winding back up again for you with Florida State um, in January uh, to kind of see how that all translates over. So, you know, maybe we'll try to throw in some scientific metrics into it to see, you know, how many rounds of 9mm you shoot and 40 and whether, you know, your gun tracks better after shooting a bunch of 9mm. I don't know. We'll probably think of something cool to do with that. Um, but yeah, going going for my offseason, I'm probably just... My main goal, honestly, is to sell the CK. That's going to be the main goal for the offseason for me. Um, and I, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier today. Um, it's almost just like a burden to shoot the CK. Even though it's a nice gun, it shoots well. It, it really must be difficult having to shoot a gun that costs three thousand dollars, <laughs> but that's the equivalent of being in poverty. But like, I was, you know, I was talking to Drew about this. It's the Marie Kondo stuff, dude. That gun does not bring me joy. Having to shoot that gun. It's the what? Marie Kondo. She had that Netflix show where it was like, "Does this object bring you joy? If not, throw it out." I was like for people to. I don't know what this is, but it was a way for it was like a show where this clean like uh, life coach type person was helping people declutter declutter their lives and their homes. And her big thing was, does the object bring you joy? If not, you should throw it out. Um, and so again, I'm not going to I'm not going to throw it out, but you know, because I think at this point, having to shoot 14 stages with that CK when I know that I have an atlas uh, that is unfortunately down, which right now it is running again which is really good um but it's just it's just not the same it's not the same experience and um i would honestly rather shoot a different division at a major than have to shoot the ck and open to be honest um so i think i enjoy shooting the atlas more than i enjoy shooting open if that makes sense um like given the yes. choice yes know? that makes sense um and so so would you rather shoot my limited gun as opposed to your ck I, I would. I would rather... If, if the choice is between shooting an Atlas and not an Atlas. Yeah, I would much rather shoot Limited. Even if it wasn't your Atlas, if I was shooting your Edge, even. Um, I would rather shoot a different division with a different gun. Um, because, you know... I kind of get that. Like, you spend a lot of money on a gun, yeah. right? And then if you can't shoot it, it kind of sucks. And, like, the thought process is just different when you're shooting, um, you know, a different division. And so you don't really worry about it as much. But trying to push the same cadence and the same gun handling... With a different gun, yes, if I were better, it probably wouldn't make as big of a difference, but it's just not as fun. Um, so, goal number one for me is to get rid of the Atlas, or not the Atlas, <laughs> get rid of the CK, um, kind of put, put all the rest of the money into some spare parts, um, work during the off-season to get those parts fit for the Atlas, that if you know my ejector goes down, um, my extractor goes down, all those small parts that I had issues with this year, if they do go down, having the backups to just replace them and keep the gun running all year round, as long as I don't see any, you know, catastrophic frame or slide issues, um, and then probably just pick up actually an X5 to shoot production with. Um, now that I have the Legion, um, I, you know, I'm just looking for something different to do um, for next year. But off season for me actually is you know just getting my equipment squared away and getting it all set up so that I can keep it running throughout the year next year so that I don't have to shoot a backup gun if I don't want to, um, and then have different options to shoot some iron sights just because I think next year is going to be a little hectic for me aside from shooting, and so I'm just going to try to enjoy it a little more next year than I did this year. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a novel concept for me. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> like I, I've been doing this at the end of this season will be my third year, Yeah, my, my uh, third full season, and I, have, I haven't taken so much as a break. Yeah, and actually, I think this is the end of my third season, too. So I shot maybe half a season the first year I, sh I started shooting USPSA. And then last year, when I was shooting carry optics until shooting open, that was my 
next full season this this is the season we've been shooting together so um yeah yeah but and then you know next year is gonna be fun we're, we're gonna shoot south carolina again with the boys yep um and so you know getting ready for that but i think um, you and i got a couple majors lined up too um yeah florida you're still on the fence for right yeah florida's probably not gonna happen just because you know getting having the second dog we're oh we're, yeah we're, we're taking the dogs to dog training so we we paid a pretty penny to to go sign up for training for the dogs um and it just happens to conflict with the florida schedule so um i'm not too worried about it to be honest because florida would be fun but it's also gonna be a pretty big expense um for a match to go to florida um it's not that bad yeah i mean it's, it's not bad but i'd rather spend that money you know going to south carolina or you know maybe saving up for nats if that's in the schedule for me next year um but you yeah know, dude it's limited in open nats next year yeah uh together and so like that'll be a really fun a really fun nationals to shoot well that'll be good because all of my for other like out of all of the friends that i usually shoot with it's myself and a couple others that shoot limited and the rest are open shooters yeah and so we can so this works nats together yeah yeah and so you know i i've been planning on going to the nats for the past two years and it just hasn't lined up for me yet and so the you know we're really hoping grace and i we're really hoping that next year i get to go and so you know i'd rather put that money from florida state into going to nats um into putting ammo loading ammo you know buying components making sure the gun's running before nats actually go yeah. shoot nats so, i feel that i feel that um yeah and especially you know we shot so many majors this year i'm um, not shooting as this i'm not shooting as many yeah this next year and i feel like even if we cut the the majors we shoot in half you know that covers pretty much most like 75 percent of the expenses to go shoot nationals right um if we cut the major yeah. attendance in half well i think florida might be a little bit cheaper yeah because um, I, I know you, just you and john are planning on driving it's right? within driving distance yeah Right. Um, I think it's cost there is it's about the same to to stay there. Yeah. Um, but it's just like just the logistics and all that stuff going to St. George. Now, don't get me wrong. I would rather sh- shoot in St. George than Frostproof. Yeah. I mean, Frostproof St. George's is no joke. Beautiful. It is yeah. an amazing uh, part of the country, and I would go there. Like, I would go there for vacation. I don't even like vacation. Yeah. But, you right. know, the, I think the only saving grace for Frostproof is the fact that it's probably a 40-minute drive from Orlando. Um, it's more than that. It's like 40. I, it I was mean, so from Frostproof because in January, so I, I drove down with my friend and I flew back. It was about an hour 15 to or to Orlando like the airport or oh yeah, yeah. The, the airport that's in yeah. downtown Orlando though like yeah. that's um, like that's that's in Orlando yeah I get but I mean like technically the Omni is out in Orlando too but it's a little bit further south from Orlando but it's still you know it's still pretty close to the parks and everything um, but you know that, that's probably it's only saving grace but you know an hour drive that's that's nothing for us from what we shoot from locals right and so, yeah. so if you wanted to turn it into a family trip, uh, you know, you know, Universal Studios all out there, you know, you're still pretty close. Yeah. And so it's probably it's only saving grace. Um, it's it's like a good facility doing yeah. everything. But you know, January is usually kind of rainy for Florida, so. Well, every year I've shot in Florida State, it's been great. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely hit or miss with because I I remember the first time I shot Florida State uh, back in like 2016 or something. Um, it had rained a ton before, so. Parts of the range were wet, but the day we shot was, you know, sunny and beautiful. But I think staff day had a rough. Yeah. But I think if you're going to go to Florida, definitely the best time of year to do it is January. Like December, January, February. Or else it's just hot and muggy. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just too much. Yeah. 
And so <clears throat> that's, that's, why, that's why I like about um, St. George and like Hurricane. The, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. The weather is so good. Yeah, it was probably beautiful. On a hot um, day, it still felt better than here on like a pretty normal day in the yeah, summer. Yeah, probably because it's dry, right? You don't have it's that dry, humidity. it's breezy. Yeah. It's gorgeous out there. Yeah, but again, going back to off-season, I mean, for your plans, I know you don't... In, I, who enjoys reloading? I don't think any of us actually do. Um, are you planning on loading like as much ammo as you physically can during the off-season? I thought about that. I, I might do that. I think like maybe, maybe come December time... Um, yeah, come December, I'll probably like end of December. I'll pick up the uh, pick the limited gun back up. Yeah, and then I'll start training with that. Um, and then I'll I'll load a I'll load a whole case of ammo at least, and that'll get me through like the first you know maybe three, three or four yeah, months. Three four months, yeah. D- depending, and yeah, I, I think maybe I'll just do that from here on out. I'll just like load in intervals. Yeah, and so I mean that's probably my big goal for the off season is after I sell my CK, probably put about a thousand dollars into components, um, and so you know I'm looking at probably about fifteen thousand bullets for open and carry optics slash production, and just crank out as much ammo as I can. Um, mainly because you know, like I said, nobody really enjoys reloading unless you're into that. Um, but you know, just getting all the ammo knocked out so they don't have to worry about it so much. I mean, especially if I can get most of my match ammo knocked out too. That during the off season, mm-hmm. it's probably going to alleviate a lot of stress, a lot of, you know, case gauging at hotels. See, my, my match ammo is the same as my training ammo, mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, and I mean that's something that I thought about too. Is maybe I'll just shoot um, coated bullets at matches next year and just keep it consistent because shooting blue bullets hasn't. I haven't seen any huge detriment except for maybe a little bit of extra smoke and carbon on the lens, but. It does look like a choo-choo train when you shoot. It does. It's awesome. Choo-choo. <laughs> the black um, bullets were pretty bad. Yeah. Like, they were really smoky. Yeah. So, black bullets are definitely a little bit worse. But, um, you know, I'm thinking blues probably for the for training ammo. And then maybe match ammo, too. I'm not sure. But I still have, you know, a few thousand Montana Golds from this season. Um, so, I'll probably see how that rides out. But other than that, actually, I think I'm really just planning on getting in shape as much as I can this offseason. Um because I think near the end of the season, I pretty much felt the physical limitations of my body not being able to keep up with my eyes or my transitions or my trigger finger. I think that's what it's really come down to for me at this point is my legs and my upper body just can't really keep up with the you know the micro movements of shooting. See, inst- see um, you know a good motivation for this would be? Instead of you wearing this extra large shirt that you're wearing now, you should wear an you should wear a small shirt. Yo, but this shirt's so comfortable. Or wear a medium. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know. But, like, you're you're down a few pounds from when you last shot. Yeah. So, like, you know, so like Delmarva, you were probably down, like, what, 20 pounds? Not 20. Probably about 15. 12, like, 11 and 12 pounds from Delmarva. Do you, do you notice um, a difference just in that? I do. I was, and, like, you know, for, for Del, or no, so for Delmarva, between Virginia State and Delmarva, I probably dropped, you know, 11 pounds. Um, and I ran up that hill like five times at Delmarva because <laughs> yeah. I kept on forgetting stuff. But, you know, I was quicker on my feet. Um, I was way Did more... Did it just feel easier? Yeah, I was, everything was just more stable. Um, but even then, when I was pushing harder, um, I knew my shooting could keep up at that speed, but it just my body couldn't. So um, there were parts of my body that just weren't transitioning fast enough compared to my eyes and my hands. Um, led to a lot of mics. Um, Ew. That kind of stuff. And so I feel like I could really push the next level for a shooting open if I just lost a lot of weight and got stronger, um, especially my lower body and my core. And so, you know, I feel like going back to the gym, 
getting fit and dieting, I think is probably going to be the biggest part of my offseason. Um, I should do these things. I have a free gym I can use. I should probably use it. Yeah. and like Both you, at my residence and at work. And, like, since you're you're tall, like, I think you could definitely gain some, uh, I guess, agility training. Like, just getting the yeah. feet faster and not it's, flat. Dude, the, the issue is my, my left knee is has been... It's got, like, cartilage in there or something. I don't remember what the doctor said, but oh, it's got dang. something there that causes uh-huh. constant, like, abrasion. Uh-huh. And I have in my I have extremely collapsed arch on my left foot, too. So my ankle actually caves in. So, so, so I mean, it's, like, just doing that is hard. Like, shooting a match sucks for me. Yeah, I mean, can you look at, poss- you know, or- orthopedic? Are they orth- orthopedics? Or? They work up to an extent, but uh-huh. if I'm on my feet, like, for as much as I am yeah. at, a, at a match, it doesn't help that much. Because I mean, because but that could also be like a sustained thing, right? If you're not using them every day, um, it probably compounds the issue. Or like you know, uh, a sustained daily routine to. I haven't noticed that. Like I so so last year I probably I I wore like ninety percent orthopedic soles, uh-huh. and then this year has been pretty like off and on, and I haven't really noticed a difference. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's my feet are messed up. Yeah, which uh, which is unfortunate because I feel like you you can definitely get faster and like. So I can like like the the issue isn't. The issue isn't doing it in bursts. Uh-huh. It's over a period of time where my feet feel like they're just like my left foot just feels like it wants to be torn off. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, God, that sucks. I'm just fat. I don't have any of those issues. Well, I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> it's, the, that, it's uh, that relationship life, man. It's not the relationship. It it's is your relationship with Eric. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe it's a relationship that's causing me to drink a lot. Maybe. Um, I will. I will have no comment for that. Um, but yeah. So so that's a big part of my off season is just losing some weight. It's getting healthy. Um, yeah, because if I can bring even bring it back down to like 180 pounds, I will be flying out there compared to this season, and so. I think it's going to be a good a good change for me. I only have to lose five pounds to be 180 pounds. Must be nice. I got to lose at this point 40 pounds, and so. And you're six inches shorter than me. Yeah, I know. So can you imagine how fast I'd be if I were 40 pounds lighter than I am now? I'd be scared. Um, you're you're already pretty fast. Yeah, and so if I if I drop 40 pounds, I mean, I feel like that could be game changing for my for my shooting. So it's going to be tough though, because you know. Um, my employer provides snacks and you know sodas and juices every day. It's so tempting while working, but it's got to keep a strict diet um, and just keep working out. And then hopefully, I will see more gains in my shooting from not shooting and just getting physically fit uh, for the year next year. And so I'll you know I'll still continue dry firing uh, throughout the off season, but my main focus is fitness and just having more fun shooting. That makes sense. I heard you should spend more time getting fried chicken with your boy Keanu. Possibly. And if I am 180 pounds, I can definitely splurge on fried chicken much more often than I can now. Um, I'm not going to lie. I put a conscious effort into trying to get fried chicken every week. That's that's impressive. For me, it just happens every once in a while. So Delicious. Yeah. Y- you know how much I love fried chicken. Dude, fry- and like, we're so lucky here with so many different types of chicken, like whether it's fried or the pre If it's anything stuff. I've learned, it's just... If you're gonna make 
fried chicken. Just go to anywhere that's run by Koreans, and whether <laughs> yeah. it's like whether it's trying to be like American, normal American fried chicken, or like Nashville hot or Korean fried chicken, anything like that, it's gonna be better when it's Korean. Dude, I don't know what they do with their fryers, but yo, they they make them crispy. Like okay, so I, I think Koreans actually just make every cuisine better than the original. Possibly, yeah. Okay, I mean, disclaimer, I'm not Korean. Yeah, so I'm, I might be a little biased on that. Chris is Korean. Korean. I'm not. So, um, I'm Chinese, so like by by genetic default, I should be disliking anyone who's not Chinese. <laughs> but I have to say, Korean food is pretty bomb, and they do a really, really good job. But I will say, though, the one dish that the Koreans cannot do is pho. I've never had Korean like, pho. Like, Korean pho is awful. Korean ramen's pretty good. Uh, it is. It is pretty good. But, you know, for me, pho is like a lifeblood. Um, but Korean people cannot make pho and it's mostly because they cater towards the Korean palate and um, most Koreans they're missing I don't know if they have the gene or if they're missing the gene that makes cilantro taste like soap so that's a uh, that's a recessive gene so you have to have the gene yeah um, but <clears throat> so pretty much there's there's no herbs in the soup that they use for pho in Korea ew and so it's just like ew it's just Who like Ew! Bland broth with rice noodles, like it's like beef broth with rice noodles what is that? and beef. <laughs> yeah. Ew! So I can't I can't do Korean pho, but yo like. Well, it's a good thing Vietnamese pho is a no loss of abundance here, and it is plan of like there's so many options here. Um, but yeah, Korean Italian food is good. Korean American. I've never food had is Korean good. Italian. I don't really like Italian uh, food though. So yeah, but so Korean American food is always good. Korean Jewish food is really good. Korean. I've never had Korean Jewish food. Before. Okay, not Korean Jewish. Korean like bagels, bagel shops are oh, always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only get bagels from two kinds of people: Koreans and Jewish yeah, people. Yeah, that, that's a that's because they're always guaranteed to be money. It's a very good rule of thumb. Um, yeah, but yeah, like Korean people, they're obsessed with cream and cream and cheese, and so they'll find ways to. Well, cream and cheese that. is very good. It is very good, and so you can imagine a lot of like the carbonara pastas and stuff. They're always implementing heavier cream into the sauce. It's very good, yeah. but very not authentic yeah. <laughs> when it comes to that. But. Tangent. I need to stop eating that stuff uh, so I can lose weight and hit the season harder next year. So, um, man, I got like two pounds of pork belly sitting in my fridge right nice. now. Dude, it's it's great, especially pork belly in a skillet or like a Korean grill. Oh yeah, good. But yeah. So, um, anyway, so I know you're <laughs> you're you're talking you're, you're talking doing stuff outside of shooting that that might help your shooting, right? Yeah. I uh, think I'm really spending a good time in the off season. Besides shooting production, I don't think I'm going to be spending as much time dry firing as um, I would during the normal during the shooting season. Uh-huh. But there is a big event that I am in charge of planning coming up. Um, yes, that uh-huh. I'm going to be spending a lot of time prepping for over the off season, so I can try and get squared away that way. Hopefully, it'll affect my shooting less. Yeah, especially if you get knocked out when it when the shooting season is slow, right? Right. Um, so, like, if I can get this done from from. Uh, what was it from November through from November through I guess February or March mm-hmm. I'd be pretty happy with that yeah and it sounds like you're working with really great people for it too and so I think you know it's gonna be it's gonna go pretty smooth I hope for you guys um, and you're involved so you better hope it's gonna be smooth yeah. <laughs> and I already have permission yeah. from your wife so there's no getting out of it yep and so you know the best part about it though is you know since I'm not gonna be spending as much time shooting um, you know, during the weekends and uh, times that I'm not shooting, if I'm not spending it with Grace, I'm going to be trying to focus more on, you know, the physical fitness aspect of it, getting all the auxiliary equipment put in yeah. place, 
not only that, just focusing a little more on you know how we're going to position CSRG next year. Speaking um, of which, yes, I was actually thinking about yeah. that um, a lot today because um, I was stuck in data. I was stuck in uh, I was stuck in data meetings all day today, <laughs> <laughs> so I've been thinking about CSRG during the meetings. Yeah, um, but I think so. Way ahead um, for those of you who do follow our stats, I want to change how we do shooters. So for each shooter, this it's easy because I can just pull another spreadsheet. Yeah, uh-huh. but I want to. Uh, I want to start keeping track like shooters logs. Um, so besides the USPSA number, we would assign our own individual number for those who don't have it. So that way, so like, I don't know if you've, people who haven't looked for pending numbers, I've just been doing first initial, last initial, yeah, and then mm-hmm. pending in all caps. Um, that's been my ID for, as, as far as unique ID, and then I just match it up with the name. Yeah. But evidently, Funny how this works. Sometimes people have the same initials. Yeah. So this has become oh, a conflict. Yeah. So I've been having to um, to to cross check with the names multiple times just to make sure I'm getting it right. Yeah. Um. So I do want to create a shooter's log and at least and like make it available too. So this way, if people want to find their names, they can see how many matches they've shot. They can, um, you know, all that stuff, and I can just include percentages, um, and placements for each. Uh, you know, for 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 each shooter. So, like, if you know one match, you you you'll have, you'll be in like, tenth place, and the next match you might be in eleventh, but then the next match you'll be in eighth. And that way, I can try and keep track of all of that stuff. Yeah. Um. At least like going through the, uh, tracking your changes and everything, and that that would make it easier too if we want to do an end of the year stat pull, where I want yep. to say like who had the greatest improvement from the initial, or from our calibration match, right? Yeah. And so, so I think that would make it easier, and it would make it a little bit more user friendly. But we'll also be in. We'll also be looking for a data host for our online stuff. Yeah, because um, we're still we're still trying to work with one of the other ranges for next year. We have to get back in touch with. Yeah, and then you know, like like Kina said, you know, we we have some things in the books right now to get set up with uh, helping out another range, um, with possibly some of their data, and then you know, positioning in a way that brings value to them. Uh, by the end of the year but yeah. that's all that also means you know it's going to be we're going to be trying to juggle two clubs of stats next year at the at the minimum um and you know that's going to be a lot of time and effort so for me especially since i'm pretty much done this year and shadowhawks gonna be running um you know throughout november december and january i'm hoping to to get a lot more active and helping Kiana out with the actual calculations and then you know making some of those minor tweaks like putting up you know maybe a csrg number that people are registered for that you know is there identifier for our organization regardless of you know uspsa number changes whether they go from annual or three-year etc you know we don't have to worry about that so looking to tighten up the data but also like Kano said finding an you know a data a database somewhere where we can kind of throw in some automation for all this because um you know as we're noticing it it gets it gets a little bit messier the more the more complex it all gets. the last poll i actually did was um was actually the easiest i've done so far Mm -hmm. But I think that's just because I don't know if it's necessarily that we get that that the more matches we have, it gets messier. So, so it does get messier, but it doesn't necessarily get harder, right? Yeah. So, so uh, for me, it's just a matter of collapsing columns I don't need to see. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. a lot of the hangups lately, or like over the last like four months or so, have been because every month I'm tweaking something in the methodology and t- tweaking something, um, in in how I'm doing all the calculations and everything because. 
the the more matches that we have, the more I can see how um, how like deficiencies in our algor- algorithm have yeah uh-huh. you know show inequities and that so like, I want to try and repair. Yes, yeah, so like somebody who's winning who maybe not should not be winning necessarily. You know, finding out why some stats are getting padded more than others. Yeah, and and um, don't, don't get us wrong, we're not we're not intentionally manipulating the stats so someone we know or someone we um, we prefer to win or lose wins or loses, but we have it set up so like you know if someone's not showing up to a match perpetually and they're not winning every match, um, do they really deserve to be number one? Yeah, right. Like, or yeah. if they've just shot one match and just because they're a GM in this one division. They're because of the normalizer we use. Do they deserve to be where they are, even though they've only shot it once, and maybe they do get beat by masters and stuff like that? Yeah, right. These are things we have to account for. So these are things that we're like, it's it's constantly evolving. So I think last month was the first time I haven't tweaked the algorithm, which which is good, right? I mean, that's, that's a really that's good, a that, good that's time, a good yeah. thing, and I've been I've been double and triple checking the stats. Making sure everything's tracking properly and making sure that we don't have any glaring inequities, and I, I think it's been panning out pretty well. So I'm really looking forward to closing out the season, um, and I do want to talk, like at Shadowhawk, uh, maybe, maybe November. If you're going to be there, I want to mm-hmm. talk to, like during the match brief, I want to talk to Lindsay if I can get you know five minutes, five ten minutes, at the match brief to kind of close everything out. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I think that'd be nice. And even if I don't shoot, you know, if if that's the case, I'll just go. Yeah. Um. If you know, and you know, just hang out and help with the match and whatnot. Um. But you know, I think you know the the whole goal about you know beta testing at Shadowhawk was specifically because it was a, um, a community like it was a community of shooters that we're all familiar with and um, right. And like Kenny said, it's not that we're trying to make it inequitable for people but one of the the greatest advantages of having a shooter base that we know is that we're familiar with the skill level yeah we're familiar with the skill level and you know our gut might tell us that something doesn't seem right with the stats and we can dig into it we can see if there's an outlier so it's not necessarily like oh that person's not very good they shouldn't be winning yeah it's more like hey something just doesn't feel right about the stats so let's double check it Let's double check what the match yep, know, results exactly. actually looked like, and you know, does this make sense from a methodology perspective? Yeah, and it's good too because like each division, we almost always have at least one or two GMs, yeah. or if not a substantial amount of M's, right? So, so we have a very and they they get new shooters all the time, so we have a really mm-hmm. really broad um, data pool. Yeah, and so hopefully, you know, what what this past year has done for stats for us is you know at least created a good baseline so that you know. I guess you can call this alpha testing more than beta testing, right? Yeah, it's th- this has really um, been an alpha test. And then, you know, next year, um, you know, we're going to be spending the offseason really coming up with a strategy on how to implement at this other club that we're working with, um, possibly to do a beta test and whether the methodology works for them as well. And so, you know, it's going to be a lot of partnership between all of us in terms of, you know, us providing the, the calculations and the stats and then them telling us, hey, this may not, this doesn't feel right from what we know and what we've seen. And so, you know, we'll continue tweaking it and hopefully it'll turn into a methodology that just fits in with uh, USPSA as a whole. And so, you know, for the off season, since I'm not shooting as much, hopefully I'm going to be able to focus a lot more on that as well. So it's, it's going to, I think I'm actually looking forward to the off season. I don't know if, if Candace is burnt out as I am, but I'm pretty burnt out. And so I'm pretty stoked to not be shooting matches, dry firing, and just you know, getting ready to, to hit it hard again next year once it starts warming up. 
Yeah, I was feeling, I was kind of feeling the burnout leading up to nationals. Um, and after nationals, I was, I was, I kept on saying that I was gonna be done with limited, but I ended up shooting the last two majors in limited, and I guess I didn't feel it as much as I thought I, w- I did. Yeah, but it's 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 been fun. Yeah, and I, like, I, especially like because ten, I will tell you, like ten or eleven majors in a year is way too many. Yeah, unless unless that's all you have to focus on, right? You know. If, yeah, but, but it's not right because like, you know, I, I have a full time job. Yep. I have a, uh, I have a close proximal relationship with a female human being. Um, yeah. I have a. Uh, what else? Like I have a match to run. You know, we have CSRG and stuff like that. So I think I don't think it was necessarily the quantity of majors that I was shooting. You was just the quantity of other stuff I was doing that weren't majors. Yeah, and you know, unless you're Max Michelle, pretty much, and getting paid, or you're on the Walter team. Racking up big bucks, um, yeah. But it is what it is. Like in the end, like it's no matter what, it's a hobby I, I purely enjoy doing. Yep. Yep. So, like, is it, is it still a net benefit to the quality of my life? Yes. But just sometimes, like, I get moments from just like, why the hell am I doing <laughs> yeah. this to myself? Yeah, it, it almost you know the the amount that we've been going at it this year for USPSA makes it almost feel like a second job. I think it was CSRG that did a lot of it. Like it yeah. it was us doing uh, the stats and everything and trying to grow that business. Yeah. Um, um, and and you know it, it's been hard too because I know you you just got your your new job uh-huh. or like your current job you just got early this year right so it's been kind of dogpiling. Yeah. Too so. Yeah. Um, but, you know, aside from all of that, you know, the peripherals, I think it's easier to separate the peripherals from the actual shooting. But, you know, like you said, you shot 11 majors this year. And, Something like that. And, like, at some point, that that's, you know, once once a month, right, where it almost just feels like a second job. So July, I had, I had majors back-to-back. Yeah, oh, that's right, yeah. Right, and um, then August we had... Um, it was end of August, and then two weeks later we were shooting Area 5. yeah. Right. Yeah. And then a month after that, I was at nationals, or less than a month after that, three weeks after that, I was at nationals. Yeah, and and so, so for, for me specifically, there were definitely times where a major was rolling up, and I was like, oh well, I should go because I paid for it, and you know, I'm yeah. already registered, and we've already got the hotels booked, and you know, it's, you know, I think I think that leads to burnout too if you go out and shoot matches where you're not exactly excited to be there. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, for me at this point, like you said, everything just kind of dogpiled on top of it where it got to the point where at the end of the season, right, I was, I was shooting carry optics for fun with a borrowed gun. Um, and then I just kind of did really dumb things at Tell But it looked like that was some uh, of the most fun you've had in the major in a was. while. Yeah. Right. And I think I think that's what it really comes back to, like you're saying, right? This is a hobby that's supposed to, you know, enhance your quality of life or your happiness, right? And so... Um, just kind of toning it back for a bit for the off season, but you know it, that's also going to get me hungrier to compete in open. Um, you know to maybe take home some some hardware next year. Uh, you have hardware downstairs. I just saw it. Well, yeah, that was third place B carry optics. So um, you know not what I'm looking for. I'm still looking for some hardware in A class. I'm hitting it in master class and then getting absolutely destroyed by Bruno and Aaron next year at all the majors shooting open. So. Um, that's probably you know, I, I'm I'm kind of hungry for it. Just thinking about it for the off season, and so I'm I'm looking forward to it to be honest. Yeah, I'm looking just to kind of take a like, I, I'm glad all these major or all these local matches are kind of shutting down for a little mm-hmm. bit. I'm okay with shooting indoors every week just because like it's, 
for for me for Machine Gun Nest, it's it's not like it's not like any other local, right? Yeah, because I mean, well, it's like a like I get a lot of new shooters, so it's almost like I'm running like a training club. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like, like it's like I put a lot of work into putting on the match and stuff like that. So the satisfaction isn't really there for me. I get sad, like I'm happy because people are showing up, people are shooting the yeah. match, people are enjoying yeah. it. People are complaining about the stages because they're too hateful. It's like you know, th- this like these are the things that makes me ha- that make me happy. Yeah, and um, you know, like you said, like the fact that you're setting up the match, you have to do the stage design, you have to set it up, you run the match, right? And at some point, you know, when, while you're shooting, you just don't care anymore about the shooting, right? You just want to shoot and have fun and and let it ride out. And so, yeah, it's like after the first shot, you're like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. Is this match over yet? <laughs> yeah, and so I'm gonna try to sneak in some machine gun nest. Um, you know, maybe in the, you know, some random Sundays um, throughout the off season, shooting carry optics or production, depending on kind of what what route I go. But it's yeah. probably the extent of the live fire. I'm not gonna do live fire with production. I got I, you. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think that's what it comes down to, and um, is having fun. But I'm also pretty competitive in nature, so I'm re- I'm gonna be ready to hit it hard next next. I'm year. not. Um, which a lot of people find weird. But I mean, but that that's good for your for your mindset, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's like I'm not a competitive um, person at at all, pretty much. But then the moment I started shooting USPSA, I'm like, I want to destroy people's souls. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's like you you know a side of me that I didn't know until until I started shooting. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like I'm like I don't really care to be competitive in anything. Like if you ever met me, you'd be like, "Wow, this guy is, this guy is, Asian vanilla, <laughs> as plain as it gets." And I don't like I don't I don't care about most things, except like, for getting second place master class too many times. This shut year. up. <laughs> I have like three or four first place M classes. Okay. Oh, you do? Okay, nice. Okay. Yeah. So so, so you know what? Maybe you should yeah. watch your tone there, sir. Yeah. Have some respect. Um, but it, <laughs> yeah, because I'm not even a master. Maybe I should just get master this year. So you just, can lose to A.A. Ron and, just, and Anthony? And, well, not only that, I'd be losing to Luke Cow and Luigi and Carry Optics next year if I were to shoot that. Um, well, you hang with me all the time. Maybe you just like being diddled by big Asian people. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but... It's like a fetish you didn't know you had. Yeah, wait, so I'm trying. Yeah, except uh, if I were to be a master class, I'd be getting diddled by um, not so large white people. So look, like like the way I see it, don't worry about it. Shoot the classifiers how you're gonna shoot them. Yeah, if, but if if you're gonna make master, you're gonna make master, but don't make it like a conscious push. But but with the classifier match coming up in Shadowhawk in a couple weeks. I'm pretty sure that if I were to shoot that match, I would hit master. So the question is, do I hit master or do I not at this point? You should shoot um, it just for the elo points. That, that, so I'm shooting limited at that match just for the elo points. See, but then I'm probably <laughs> I'm probably gonna hit master then because recently with the classifiers that I've been shooting, um, without really trying, I'm hitting the 85% mark on those classifiers, and I am kind of afraid of that because I feel like my match performance and major matches are not that of an M class shooter yet. So. I'm kind of sitting there like, do I want to hit master and be like a paper master? But or... dude, you're like crushing A-class shooters with a malfunctioning gun. But... Right, but... so like if you get your gun working properly and you don't do what you did at Delmarva this year and forget targets and make make makeups on top of white people, <laughs> right? I think you'll be pretty squared away because like you're, you're, you're really fast. You can, you can make the hits when you want to. 
right? The question is, do I want to? <laughs> the question is, do you want to? And it's like, yeah. it's either do you have the, do you, I think for you, it's the, it's not the mental aptitude, it's the mental endurance. I, I, I could agree with that. Well, it, well both physical... And I know you struggled a lot this year, like, like I know you probably had a lot of, like, shooting mentality issues because your gun wasn't working. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because yeah. you were already prepared for failure. Pretty much. Um, but... But you know, not only is a, a a mental thing, I think it's also a physical thing, because um, once your body starts fatiguing to the point, you know, or to a point, your mental state also fatigues as well, right? And so, um, yeah, may, maybe I will hit Matt, you know, go shoot the classifier classifier match, cross my fingers, hope we'll I hit M, um, and then maybe just let it sit, and then I'll sit there in A class production slash carry optics slash limited. Um, Oh, that could be fun. Maybe I should shoot limited if I hit master class, and get crushed by Warshar all the time. Um, but <laughs> that aside, um, I'll, I've got some some thinking to do. Then I guess about whether I shoot Shadowhawk. Um, you shoot. You shoot time. limited. I shoot L ten. We'll see who does better. Yeah, that that'll be a, that'll actually. Be I think a that's very equitable. Yeah, that'll that's be equitable. equitable. I would agree. Um, so yeah, so maybe that's what I'll do before the off season officially starts. I will grind to hit M. And then if I hit M, I can relax for the offseason, um, do what I need to do for my mental game, and try to hit it hard and perform at the master level next year. So maybe that is the play. Go for it, bro. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah, let's do it. Maybe. Again, you should shoot the match for ELO points. Oh, you know what You know what would actually be really good about that thing? What? Oh, no, they, they're doing overall for Atlas's contingency program, right? Not for division. No, class. it's by division. But not by class. Not by class. Yeah, okay, no, I'm screwed no matter what. Do you know how broke they'd be if they were going by class? Yeah. Class gonna, wins aren't wins, by the way. Because I was going to say, I'm actually in our area, probably the one of the only open masters then in our area. Yeah. Right? Um, but you, you, would, you could win open M while simultaneously losing to Wonger, who's in open A. Yes. Well, it depends. Depends on how dumb I'm being. Because I feel like... If I'm not being dumb, I could I have a good chance against beating Wonger, um, pretty consistently. But the Wonger gets is, less stupid than you though, and he gets stupid pretty often. Yeah, but but like you said, this the end of the season. I've been, I've just been stupid twenty four seven. Like it's just no break in stupidity. Um, yeah, it's been a combination of everything happening in your life this year. Yeah, and and you know now that you mention it, the fact that the Atlas wasn't running for more than half the season, pretty much of major matches. Uh, well, no, not maybe, maybe a third of the matches. You know, at some point I was just kind of like, screw it, whatever. I was gonna have fun with the CK, and then <laughs> I wasn't having fun. And then with it the wasn't CK. fun because you were living in poverty. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how next year goes. Um, but cool. I'll, I'll just pound white claws and work out like crazy. This. I'm pretty sure if so. you want to get fit, you should not drink alcohol. Hey, two two grams of carbs, and that's it. So. But you're right, it does destroy your metabolism, but what's the fun in that? I just drink because I like alcohol. Me too. I just like beer. I do. I just like alcohol, whether it's beer or I don't or drink soda, so I, and I, if I want to drink something that's not water, I drink beer. Yeah, flat beer. Flat beer. A fine Pilsner is what it is. Very crispy. Yeah. Um, but that, that's, my, that's my goals for the offseason. That's my plans for the offseason. So we'll see if it pays off. Um, either I'll come back very, you know, hitting it very hard. Or I'm going to come back not knowing how to shoot a gun. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Um, this will be interesting. Yeah. 
we'll see if like taking off season actually works from a match perspective. Yeah. So, yeah. That's all I got, and we're also at like 43 minutes. I don't know if you have anything to add or... No, I, I, I scheduled a phone call with the... Or I scheduled a call with the person that <laughs> that we're trying to work with at the other range uh, about 10 minutes ago, so we have to get on that call with him in a minute. Cool. So, all right. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in. This has been our 24th episode, which is a pretty big milestone for us. Um, I'm Chris. I'm Keanu. Shoot well. We'll see you on the range. Peace.